Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If there's one common thread, it might be that men perceive church as too feminine. We have to be aggressive in the world when it's appropriate. We are warriors. One, two, three. Warriors! You are a real man when you commit to study God's word and you commit to being conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the biblical perspective on being a man. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Uh, so grateful that you send stuff to idea at wretched.org. That would include questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, corrections, should that day ever arrive, or stories, sermons, articles, anything wretched, send it to idea at wretched.org. I heard you had to work last week. <laughs> I did. Was that hard on you? Oh, well, this is uh, now now I feel like I'm at the beach like you were last week. I don't have to read anything. Yeah, <laughs> I my life is hard. I'll be honest with you. I uh, I'm just trying to call the last thing I time I had to lift something heavier than my glasses. So I really should have absolutely no complaints about what I get to do here. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Molly. It's a really good question, and I'm also really interested in uh, your answer to this. Mr. Friel, is there an age a parent should stop physically spanking their children? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that there is. I think that there comes a time when it becomes actually counterproductive, and you need to make that decision. There are, however, other ways that you can inflict a reminder that there is a consequence for sin. You use other resources, pull things away, don't allow them to, remove privileges. There's a couple of reasons why I think that spanking has an expiration date. Number one, the counterproductivity of it. Number two, it is a little bit odd. It becomes a little bit weird as a child becomes a teenager to do those things. And so for those reasons, I would say pick a time when you say, look, that's that's going to be the end of it. But then don't think that you don't have anything in your arsenal to help the child understand if I do things that are sinful, I'm going to feel that sting. That sting just needs to come in a different form than a belt or a wooden spoon. You OK with that, Jimmy? <laughs> Uh, what what eight you no you think keep doing it till they're what 18 35 35 <laughs> why not that's why? when they're moving out of home and getting married so that's i right. guess if they're in your house knock yourself out idea or them dot org <laughs> okay this one comes from lee who uh, says she has a family member who has hurt her repeatedly over the years, and she doesn't see any end in sight unless he gets right with God. She thinks she's forgiven him for his past wrongs, but there are wrongs that continue to happen even every week Mm. that still provoke anger and sadness in her. So she avoids him as much as possible, and she wonders if that means she hasn't really forgiven him. Well, it, it could be, but sometimes it's hard to move past the hurt when wounds keep getting inflicted. So I, I don't know that I I would be hypercritical 
of myself in this situation, but I would suggest some things that you could do to grow. Number one, always keep yourself safe. And number two, please note that if somebody will never stop to separate from them is not a sin to remove yourself from a hostile, aggressive environment. That That's just self-protection, which is just fine biblically. So don't think that you should be exposing yourself to painful things regularly. Now, having said that, number three, I might suggest you do a deeper dive on the study of forgiveness. What did Jesus ask us to do? What does that actually look like? Does it mean I forgive and forget? Well, sort of yes, sort of no. You definitely forgive. You don't keep bringing it up, but you are going to be reminded of it if it keeps happening. And that's why I don't think you should really be too hypercritical about yourself in this situation, because I think that's just pretty natural and human. But the more you study forgiveness, and that would include recognizing how much you have been forgiven, it will be easier to forgive. And number four, I would suggest Go to the Google machine, type in biblical counseling. Do not type in Christian counseling, biblical counseling, comma, root of bitterness. And go read biblical, not Christian, biblical counseling articles on a root of bitterness because you don't want that. You don't want this, this, this horrid, acidic root to make its way into your hearts because it grabs a hold of it and it is very difficult to uproot. This is not an easy one. And if you don't mortify this, if this is starting to develop, you're you're really uh you're going to be altered and it won't be for the better. It 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 will be something that causes you to be robbed of joy, uh, to be, to be gracious to people, to have patience with others, long suffering, all of it will diminish if you don't uproot that root of bitterness. Perhaps one of these days we will discuss that in more detail. I do believe, however, we did tackle that in an episode of Transformed, our biblical counseling show. You can find that at Wretched. Dot org. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from uh, Bill, who says, Todd, uh, I'm a Christian minister and was recently approached by my youngest daughter to perform her marriage ceremony. Sweet. Yeah, normally that would be an awesome request, but the problem is she's gay. Oh, boy. And when I told her that I could not do it, she freaked out. Mm-hmm. I expect her to be a little upset and even a little mad, but the vitriol that I've received from her has broken my heart, and she actually disowned me mm-hmm. as her father and says she has disallowed me at her wedding. My pastor and I have discussed this. He says I did the right thing, but I keep praying, but I'm not sure if there's anything else that I should be doing. <sighs> Sir, you are caught in a wake, a tidal wave of an attitudinal shift that parents can just be cut off like a nobody's business. Hold on. I think I've got somewhere, maybe, I thought I did here. Uh, no, I don't. I had an article from, you ready for this, Jimmy? The New York, York. Times. Mm. Found an editorial. It was about Father's Day. And this woman was talking about her dad and how her dad always was getting involved with other family members, would go to a visit, would fly across the country to go to the funeral of a second cousin. Family, family, family. And this young lady didn't buy in. 
And so she didn't visit. She didn't call. She didn't make an effort when she was in family members town. And this individual who was writing this, I guess it was an opinion piece for the New York Times on Pops Day, finally learned when dad died, wait a second, I have been putting self first and not commitments and family first. My desires, that's preeminent. And if you, mom and dad, get in the way of my desires, I'm cutting you out because I'm the most important thing. And I thought that was a pretty good job of describing what is going on in our current culture. You have got autonomous selves everywhere. And if you get in the way of that, no, then you're going to be killed. That's James, James 4, 1 through 2. Why? What is the source of your quarrels and arguments? Is it not the desires in your members? What will happen is somebody has a desire. They got to have it. And if you get in the way, they'll murder and kill you. Now, thankfully, his daughter isn't doing that physically, but she is doing that in a degree in that it is still the same consequence. I want you out of my life. All right, fine. I don't want you six feet under, but I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to deal with you. That is a massive trend these days. And this is why I think the local church needs to, as often as possible, be encouraging parents to be to be great parents, but to encourage the kids that they do have great parents. I got it. We were we were in a restaurant and the table next to me. I couldn't help but watch it. These people I'm telling you, it was child abuse. I was watching child abuse because they didn't give the kid a cell phone. He had to sit there and read a book. I don't know what sort of wicked sadists these parents are. I was enjoying it so much. It's like, oh, and then grandma was there and she's reading the book. And I, I, I just keep thinking about that insurance commercial. The guy who instructs young people how to not become their parents. I wanted to say, hey, pop, keep it up. Well done, sir. I wanted to do that. I wish I had, but it just never quite, they never really made eye contact for that to not be really weird and intrusive. But I do believe we should be doing that in the church because this fellow is experiencing, I think, a cultural rash. And that is separating from people, including parents who get in my way of doing what I want. Furthermore, Jesus warned this would happen. It would be father against daughter. It would be husband against wife. Now, we don't do things just to agitate so we can separate. But if we are holding the moral line, we do it as lovingly as we can. We need to accept these things are going to happen. Sir, might I suggest this? Try, try to win her as if you were trying to win a spouse. Do all of the things that you can do to reflect the love that you have for your daughter. She might reject it. She might throw the flowers in the garbage. Whatever it is that you choose to do, she may not ever text you back. Just keep loving and loving and loving. Don't compromise on the truth because you did indeed do the right thing. But there are still things that you can do to try to, to win, win her relationship with you back so that you can continue to speak into her life. And I'm sorry for your pain, sir. This is Wretched Radio. 
Here's a preborn story that starts out a little on the bitter side, but ends up being very sweet. Neighborhood pastor's daughter ends up pregnant, and she was very abortion-minded, not wanting to face the consequences of her indiscretion. And she met her baby on the ultrasound. She just wept uncontrollably. Couldn't do it. That baby's alive today because an ultrasound was underwritten for a girl. And otherwise, even though she was a Christian, saw abortion as the easy answer. That is the power of an ultrasound. When a woman in crisis sees her baby, 80% of the time she chooses life for just $28, you could provide one of those ultrasounds. But I would ask you, how many ultrasounds might you be able to provide? The more ultrasounds, the more saved babies. Please consider what you can do at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you for joining us for Wretched Radio today. When is the last time you took a gander around the Wretched store? If it's been a while, I'd like to urge you to do so today. The Wretched store is home to tons of great resources, books, booklets, videos, MP3s, and curriculum. And I'll go out on the limb and say that everybody will be able to find something they'll love and learn from in the Wretched store. So take some time and peruse all we have available. Wretched.org slash store. All of the resources that you'll find are only made possible by the support of our gospel partners. We can't produce the content that we're able to produce without that ongoing support. So while you're visiting the Wretched store at Wretched.org, would you also consider taking a look at our donate page by clicking the give link at the top of the page. There you'll find all the information you will ever need regarding becoming a gospel partner. Wretched.org slash store, Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. This is our dear brother Max in Ukraine, who's been a Tomorrow Club leader now for almost 20 years, giving us a picture of what is going on currently in Ukraine, specifically regarding the activity of the Tomorrow Clubs, normally kids' clubs where they meet every week to hear the gospel. But right now, those Tomorrow Club leaders are spending their efforts simply trying to minister to people who are in danger or who have nothing. And our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West are trying to, to meet the needs of those families who had to escape, serving them It's a good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial. There are many who need the bare necessities of life. Tomorrow Clubs is trying to serve them in that regard. Would you please consider what you might do for Ukrainian believers at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Ambrose was the Bishop of Milan in the 4th century and one of the four original doctors of the church. He defeated Arianism by appealing to scripture and using well-reasoned arguments. Ambrose reminds us that a faithful teacher is a blessing to generations of Christians. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Something's on your mind. Would you please codify it and send it to idea at wretched.org? This is Wretched Radio. So grateful you send pretty much anything to idea at wretched.org. And this one is from Kayla, who says, Hello, Todd. Is birth control okay to use? Is it unbiblical? And what about more permanent options after you've had children? Okay. Got, got both of those. All right. Uh, it depends on what it is. Number one, 
the first point, not the second point. The first one, it depends on what it is. I think we need to start back in the garden and that God gave human beings a mandate to be fruitful and multiply. That, that is the human mandate. Does that mean every single person has to go about the business of getting married and multiply as much as they can? No, because if that were true, Jesus and Paul would be sinning, and they weren't. And so not everybody has to. There is a gift of singleness so that you can do more work for the church. So we recognize you don't have to have the maximum number of children that you possibly can. Not every family needs to be the Duggars. Having said that, we recognize that children are a huge blessing. They contribute to the planet. Was reading another article, probably New York Times, about people and how terrible human beings are because they just, they caught, they, they use up so much oxygen and so many resources. That is not the Christian attitude. We love kids. So with those two thoughts in mind, I believe that every parent and every couple, rather, has the ability to make a decision for themselves how many kids they're going to have. The question then arises, if you agree with that, then the question arises, how do you do that? Well, there, of course, historically has been the rhythm method, which works to varying degrees. But we now have something called birth control, and that's where the devil is in the details, because... If there is a form of birth control that stops the sperm from meeting the egg, I do not think that's a sin. Problem is, so much of it, especially the pills, it's after the sperm and the egg have joined, and then as it's making its way to the uterine wall, that wall gets compromised and it gets sloughed off, and then, of course, the life is terminated. In other words, it's an abortion in utero. So we need to make sure that if we are going to avail of ourselves of birth control, that we read the details. This is going to be one of those times where you actually do need to read the fine print, as opposed to just saying, I agree. You need to dive in and figure it out because you don't want to be taking the life of your child. Now, what about after you think that you've had enough kids, you've decided no more kids? I would say for before I even tell you what I think about those procedures, be really careful. Be really slow because that's a huge decision. Don't make that one quickly because it was just a hard delivery or it was this kid is driving you nuts. Be careful because you might make a really bad decision that is very difficult to undo, if not impossible. Do I think it's a sin to have one of those procedures done? I don't. Because again, I do think that a couple does have the right to make those decisions. With that being said, be careful as you navigate through this, that you are not taking God's place, that you aren't being the decider of life, that you aren't the one who has put the cap on your family. In other words, pray for wisdom, read what the Bible has to say about this, get godly counsel, recognize that you do have liberty, consider all of these issues, make a decision, and I don't think you're sinning if you have a procedure that keeps you from having children in the future, both male and female. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from um, Joe. Must we regard the pastor's wife as the first lady of the church? Well, I go to my Bible and I don't see that title. Where did that come from? 
probably 20th century title, most likely from that. That tends to be a title that gets used a lot in black churches. I hate using that term, but that's the best we've got to describe a group of people that utilize the term first lady. Do I think it's a sin to do that? No. Do I think it's fraught with danger? Yeah, I do. Because why is she the first lady? By virtue of being married to the pastor, does she now have an office? Does she have authority? Does she receive more privilege? Does she get a parking place? Now, you can honor her in your church, and I think we should most certainly, but I think that title, which is really a 20th century and certainly not biblical invention, is not ideal. I do know of one pastor who is rock solid and that he's pastor and she's first lady. He's not a heretic. I, I think that he, I, I understand what would motivate that, but because it's not biblical, because I think the, of the implications, I just don't think it's the best title to be using at all. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one's a, uh, I think it two-parter here. I think uh, he, he's looking for two answers. This is from Anonymous, who says, um, Todd, I was wondering, how do I have conversation with random people about the gospel when I struggle with the fear of man? Mm. And also, I'm kind of lazy, and I don't know how to stop. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> stop having a fear of man? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> well, stop being lazy and get on it. Let's, <laughs> let's just encourage you to do just that. Fear of man is a snare. It's going to keep you from growing. It's, it's going to keep you from having joy and assurance. Always worried about what people might think. If I make a misstep, they're going to judge me and not have the same opinion of myself that I have. So I'm just not going to do anything. Don't be paralyzed. But don't be told that immediately today, effective right now, you need to be on the streets witnessing to at least 17 people today. No, that's Ray Comfort's mandate. <laughs> Your mandate is to get on it and get started. How could you start overcoming these things? I think there's two ways. I think theological, and then there's also some practical things that will undergird the theological. We should have no fear of man. Our biggest fear has been resolved because of Jesus Christ. We do not fear God anymore. We do not fear damnation anymore. We do not fear judgment. We do not fear wrath. Our biggest fear problem has been solved. This is nothing. These are, these are mere mortals. What can they do to me? Nothing. Don't fear man who can kill your body. No, fear God who can kill you and send you to hell. That's, that's like, whoa, that's the fear. And because of Jesus Christ, we don't fear God in that servile way. Now, we still have a reverential fear, but not that trembling. Ah, I'm paralyzed by it. All gone. Now you don't need to fear human beings, so grow in that aspect. Get more and more confidence in God, have less confidence in the flesh, and you're, you will see your fear of man problem diminish. I would also suggest you go looking for the roots of that. What, what's, 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 what's really up? What are you afraid of? Try to dissect yourself a little bit so that you can have a theological balm to heal you from your fear of man problem. Having said that, there are practical things you can do. Do what you can do. And I think this goes for all of us, by the way. Ray Comfort, he hits the streets. He is a maniac. But Ray isn't the standard. Nor am I. God gives different giftings, different situations, different skills to the body. 
but we should all be evangelizing. We should all be about that business. But I do think we have the liberty to define how much of that business we're doing and how we do that business. So get started. We'll send you copies of Solving the God Puzzle. Absolutely free. 200 a case. And that includes shipping. You get a case, promise to give them out. We'll send them to you at no cost to you, including shipping. What could you do with them? Put them in a bill. Put, put. My daughter was on a walk with the dog that needs to gain weight. It's a German shepherd that is just not packing on the pounds like he's supposed to. Gorgeous dog. They're out walking. She took a picture of one of those free book boxes. And she said, Dad, we need to get some of your books in here. Another, we need to get gospel booklets in there. Put them there. Leave them on the table when you're done with your meal. Hand them to somebody walking by. Give them to a complete street. Just go, hey, did you get one of these? And then walk. you can do that. We can all do that, can't we? No, it could be a little scary, but what will be the fruit of this? First of all, you'll be obedient to the Great Commission. Second of all, you're going to grow in confidence in the Lord. You're going to have to run to your strong tower. You are going to find yourself with knocking knees go, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, with the Lord's help, you most certainly can. And no, I'm not going to say you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but he will help you overcome it. And this should this will actually produce more humility in you, and it will put your confidence in the right zip code, which is the heavenly address where it actually resides, and you will find yourself growing. Do it at your own pace. Maybe the next step is you get one of those telemarketers. Hey, you know what? Before you pitch me what you want to, can I pitch you something? Give me 60 seconds and share the gospel. That's safe. You could do internet evangelizing. The people get saved through some of those conversations. You could create a website. You could put up a YouTube video. Do what you can do, but by all means, do something to be obedient to the Great Commission. And don't let others judge you for not doing it exactly the way that they do it. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, articles, stories, sermons, whatever, to idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. And according to reports, new guidelines for teachers in Minnesota have been drafted and are just waiting approval. If they're passed, next year teachers will be required to understand that students are neither boy or girl. And also learning it's biased toward white students because we all know it's privileged white people that rule the world. And according to the proposal, these changes will foster an environment of inclusion for everyone to hate anyone with white skin, especially little Billy in the third grade because that kid we all know he's been holding down and impressing everyone for hundreds of years. <sighs> Homeschool? Anyone? Well, on the surface, it looks like a protection for Christians, but is it really? I'm referring to a new bill that's expected to be signed into law by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis that will declare religious services as essential during states of emergency. That sounds good, right? Especially with all of the overreaching we saw from the government during COVID. But there is just one exception. And that exception states that if everything is shut down, churches then too will also be shut down. For the Christian, our mandates in gathering and worshiping come from God and his word. Of course, we're to be good citizens and neighbors. And if a temporary situation was asked of us, we should be willing to comply for a short term. Much more than short term, a week or two, 
That's the government reaching into a realm they have no authority into. And so while this bill may sound good on the surface, it leaves a lot of room for government overreach. We agree, many of us, that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. Yep, that's our vice president claiming that supporting the slaughter of innocent babies doesn't require anyone to change their faith. And, you know, I think I agree with that because anyone that supports murdering unborn babies really doesn't have faith to begin with, at least faith in Jesus. If they do, then supporting this vile act isn't even a consideration. And the virtue signaling continues to get more and more desperate by liberals who just want to be called unracist or anti-racist or whatever the term is that we're using now. If you're a white person, you can't wait to get super tan and you can't say Black Lives Matter, then do everyone a favor and tanning is not for you. If you're white and if you want to have a tan from the sun on your skin this summer, you got to support Black Lives Matter and agree that all white people, even you, are horrible racist people. Makes sense? No, it doesn't, but truthfully, nothing does anymore. So I guess it just goes right along with everything else. Last weekend, terrorist attacks in two churches in northern Nigeria left eight people dead and 38 more were kidnapped, according to a report from the Christian Association of Nigeria. The government says they suspect the Islamic State terrorist group, as we tell you frequently here at Wretched. Please make sure that you are fervently and continuously praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Attributes of God. The Bible tells us of God's goodness. God does not measure up to an external standard of goodness. He is the standard. Because everything God does is by definition good, we can trust that God will do what is right in every situation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Sup! This is Ratchet Radio. You didn't know my hip vocabulary was that expansive. I got holla. Now I've got sup or whatever the groovy word is these days to encourage you to send a question, comment, conundrum, snark to idea at ratchet.org. Jimmy, you want to ask your teenagers uh, what yeah. lingo I should be using? Yeah, I will. Uh -huh. I'll bring I've, you a I've list. got another one that will get you the information you seek. What's that? The word dude. Okay. Dude, dude can be used to solicit information. It is a utilitarian word, and it just depends on what accent you put on the word dude. Dude, you're going to get some sort of response. Dude. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a question just using one word with your inflection. So, dude, idea at wretched.org. All right, we start with uh, Holden. This is Todd. My girlfriend and I are in college, and she is asking for me to go to her Bible study with her. It's led by a woman. Is it biblical for me to go? No, I'm afraid not. And I would encourage you to get this issue resolved before you go much further in your relationship. There are some issues that need to be ironed out theologically. Even as you might have some differences of opinion on some issues, there are some that are so practical it becomes insurmountable. I think of, for instance, baptism. You're dating a Presbyterian. You rightly understand it's believer's baptism. What are you going to do when you have your child? You're going to go to the mattresses. So some of these things need to get ironed out, and I would suggest this would be one of them because it could be an ongoing source of contention. I think that a woman teaching a group of men 
would be a violation of 1 Timothy 2. I do not allow a woman to teach or have authority over a man. And this most certainly qualifies for that. Received another email, Jimmy, asking about YouTube. What about women teaching on YouTube? Mm. I, I think that that's different for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's not in the context of the church. I don't think that anybody's going to think, oh, they're usurping authority. Furthermore, men don't have to click on it and watch it. It could be a ministry just to women. And speaking of just to women, it's it seems to me lately when people say, well, so you're going to deny a woman the right to teach? No, it's just that God has defined that she should be teaching women and children. Well, well, why not the congregation? Hold the phone. What's the implication of that assessment? That just teaching women, just teaching children. It's not as important as teaching men, the entire congregation, teaching women, teaching children. It is a big deal. And a woman with the correct gifting, she most certainly can do that. But I don't think you should be going to a Bible study where that's taken place with a mixed audience. Idea at wretched.org. Jimmy? Yes? I'm a radio techno wizard. Oh, you are? Yeah. I got, I got something for you. Okay. Hold on. Here you go. It's great to be here in Southern California. Southern California is where the word dude comes from. Hey. <laughs> I've watched the word dude develop over the years. It's turned into a word kind of like... Pretty much everything. That's Rob Schneider. He's doing his dude bit. Yeah. See? I'm not alone. I've got Rob Schneider's um, backing. I've watched the word dude develop over the years. It's turned into a word kind of like the Polynesian word aloha. You know, that's more than just one meaning. You can use it to say hello to people. Prego. Dude. <laughs> it's also used to mean listen or come here. Dude. <laughs> but its most important meaning, though, most important is you blew it. Dude. <laughs> it can also mean, are you in the closet with a knife? Dude? <laughs> Rob Schneider, dude it, idea at wretched.org. Hey, you know that uh, dude actually translates to, uh, or do you know what it translates to in Urdu? <laughs> I went to Pakistan, so just, I... Just I, slips my mind. Refreshment, <laughs> my memory, if you'd be so kind. Milk. Really? Yeah, they, they served uh, milk tea, and they called it dude tea. I got to tell you, I don't understand milk and tea. I don't either. I just don't. I, I know it's cultural. I totally get it. But tea just seems thinner than coffee. Mm. I, I don't even know that it actually is, but it seems like it. It's a less robust kind of drink, even stronger. It just doesn't match coffee. And it seems to me milk just doesn't belong in it. The sugar part, yes. Milk, cream, mm, I don't get it. And Wow, British people. They do love their teas, don't they? Mm. they? They just ding dong. Oh, hi. Want a cuppa? And in they come and they put a pot on. They just dig it. I don't know why they dig it with cream. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from 15-year-old Tanya, who says, Since some of the criteria, criteria for being an apostle is seeing the resurrected Christ, why is Paul considered an apostle? Because of Acts chapter 9. Paul did see the risen Jesus. That is one of the qualifications for being an apostle. The disciples, of course, they saw the resurrected Christ, but so did Paul. On the road to Damascus, it was a special, unique visitation. 
That simply doesn't happen anymore. Therefore, today, there can't be apostles. There just can't be because they don't meet the qualifications. Now, you might argue, but I've talked to some of these people or heard an apostle say that they did see Jesus because they went to heaven. That doesn't happen either. There's only one who ascends to heaven. It is the one who descended from heaven. This heavenly tourism business, it needs to be put on, on ice because there aren't people coming and going. But I understand why somebody who wants the title of apostle would say that they did go to heaven because that is a qualification for being one. Seeing the resurrected Christ and Paul most certainly did. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This comes from Adam who says, my wife and I have family that attend a church that we left because of a lack of integrity and what we consider to be a false teacher. So how do we lovingly lead them in the truth and wisdom to leave that church? Mm, there's a lot of rules that apply. First of all, if, if, it's, if it's not a church because it's a false teacher, um, uh, I think it's debatable if you even need to speak to him. If it's a if it's a pastor that is orthodox, small orthodox, and you're leaving for whatever reason you've determined as a family, that's the wisest thing for you to do. I do think you should talk to the pastor. False teacher um, might be better to just hightail your way out of there as fast as you possibly can. And whether it's a false teacher or a true teacher with whom you have a disagreement, whatever the issue is, leave quietly, slip gently into the dark night, and don't make a mess. Don't talk about stuff. And then when you see somebody in the grocery store four months later, they're going to go, so where have you been? I haven't seen you. Now, I don't think that that demands much of a response. Yeah, we've we've moved on to a different church. How come? I don't think I'd answer that. Because if, if they really wanted to know why I left the church, they would have called. They They would have reached out. Bumping into them and then just having a little curiosity peaked, I, I don't think gives us an excuse to share why it is that we leave. We just don't make trouble when we go. Idea at wretched.org. This one comes from um, Rebecca. Todd, is uh, our culture's use of the term toxic appropriate for Christians to use? Mm. It, semantic range, it can be. There are some people that are toxic. Is it an overused word these days? <laughs> like, literally, I used it 7 million times yesterday. It is an overused word. I think so is narcissistic, is an overused word. It has a meaning, and I think that we can use it when we rightly understand it and carefully and judiciously apply it. There can be toxic people that are just downright bad. They're meddlesome. That's another warning from James. There's people that you could be bumping into inside of church. All they do, they just they're, they're dissenters. They cause trouble. No, you need to avoid them. There, people, and one of the ways that you do that is by starting by identifying them rightly. But try to use more biblical language than current cultural lingo. It will probably serve you better. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this uh, this comes from uh, Noah. How should we go about sharing the gospel at work if a boss or manager has warned against doing so uh, and said that we should not talk about God at work? Mm, I think we need to obey that, and we're not sinning if we do. We are brought into an agreement. I'm going to pay you this much, you're going to do this, or vice versa, whatever your role is. 
That's the contract. That's the agreement. So when you are on the clock, you're on your boss's time. And if he says, I don't want you talking about Jesus around here, you're not sinning by honoring your superior. Now, a little bit of a nota bene to this, break time and lunchtime, that's not his time or her time. That's your time. And you you don't have to do what you're told. Now, you're not going to you know, trash the kitchen or you know leave a mess in the microwave because you're on break. But you can talk about Jesus during breaks and off time, most certainly, or at lunchtime. Having said that, I do think that we need to be wise about it. Because if we've got a boss who's like, hey, look, if you're going to talk about it, then on break. Then go outside and do it because I, I don't want you inside of the building. I would just be inclined to lean toward honoring that. And I don't think that you should feel guilty. Wow, I'm I'm sinning. There's other times that we can witness to people. And just like the person who bumps into you in the supermarket to say, well, where have you been? Why'd you leave that church? If we really care about these people, we'll be really intentional about it. And we'll make an appointment with them. Hey, can I take you out to dinner? Hey, can we go to lunch? Hey, can we do something off time? This Saturday, I'd like to. And you can do all the witnessing you want when you are not on the boss's This is Wretched Radio. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable, biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Are we heading toward a dystopian society? Who decides what is good and evil? Who decides what truth is? Are there such things as fate or free will? Morals? Are we born with those? Or does the culture we live in inform them? Those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on Wretched Radio and TV. Our goal has always been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, Thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers, but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org donate, or you can also just as easily text the word wretched to the number 44321. Good news, there are actually thousands of pastors in Germany. The bad news is they're not very equipped. 
theological training in Germany and in Europe is so needed because you don't really get any formal training, not in a church or anywhere else. Being at a PMAI training center, probably the first time that you ever get any formal training how to understand scripture, the church, and how to apply it in your own life. Germany is not the only nation that has a drought of qualified pastors, but the Masters Academy International is changing that one country at a time, currently in 17 nations with many seminaries, with graduates from the Masters Seminary, training indigenous men to rightly divide the word of truth. Would you please consider adopting your own seminary in one of 17 nations? Please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Books of the Bible. Exodus is the story of God saving his people from oppression and giving them an identity and an inheritance. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, which begin with the statement, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Good deeds have always been a response to God's saving work, not a means of earning salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Church Signs. I'm sorry, I meant Wretched Radio. That is the number of the old toll-free. If you have something on your mind and you'd like to articulate it, please do so at one 282 beep Please note, if you have not heard your beep talk, it is not because Jimmy hates you. It is very <laughs> likely that it just didn't record very well. So if you haven't heard it and you'd, you'd like to share it again, one 282 beep Sometimes cell phones are hinky. Sometimes people hold it at a different whatever. You know, like don't yeah. do it on speakerphone. Try to get your mouth right there because we'd love to hear it. It's just sometimes they just don't get recorded very well. One eight seven seven two eight two. Church time. Life without Jesus is cray cray. <laughs> you know words have meanings, and even though it's contemporary lingo, the word crazy, it has a semantic range. Dude! Yeah, there's the dude thing again. Dude, that is crazy! And it's good. It's a positive thing. You know, oh man, she's just cray-cray. It doesn't mean that she's actually insane. It just means she's a little off on this particular issue. So the word cray-cray is just not a, a very precise word. And it's not a very helpful word. Furthermore, the implication of that church sign is that Jesus is about life enhancement. And in one sense, of course, he is love, joy, peace, patience, etc., but not about making circumstances better. I hate going to school. I hate my major. My parents are making me. My life is cray cray. What do you mean if I believe in Jesus? It won't be. It's a life enhancement hint. Come to Jesus and life won't be cray-cray. How's about life without Jesus means eternity in a lake of sulfur? Okay, maybe a little severe, but you get the point. Something that points to our genuine need for Jesus. Besides, there are some people whose lives aren't cray-cray. They don't need life enhancement. They don't need an improved golf swing. Their, Their kids are doing all right. They've got tons of money. They don't need Jesus. But they do need him for forgiveness of sins. 
That is what we should be pointing people toward and not just saying that life without Jesus is cray cray. Church line, summer. Summer here, summer on. <laughs> don't even know what that means. Uh, apparently, summer attending, summer not. See, it's a little plan. Can we make a rule? Can we just agree to a rule? Even if it's biblically solid, how's about no more plays on plays on words? Plays on word. Word plays. How's about no more? We don't do any more of these little bits. If you summer here, summer there, summer everywhere. How's about we don't use any more puns? Church sign. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, it's a yeah. <laughs> I love stuff like that. And I think it can be both encouragement to believers. And this particular sign, it's like if you believe in the Lord, you then 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 you have strength in him. Implication, if you're not, you don't. I like that. Or you could address the other side. You could take Psalm 1, one week, the first half of it, and then the second half, the other week, or whatever. I love putting Bible verses up there. I Invitations to church just swell. But these... Church sign, need home improvement? Bring your family to church. Again... Life enhancement and very limited in its scope and appeal. What if the family is doing fine? Hey, we're empty nesters. I guess we don't need to go to church because that's what they offer there. Furthermore, it violates our already established pun rule. No more puns. We must put an end to it. Jimmy, would you please make a note? We got to get on this. We got to start a new denomination and our core tenet is no puns on church signs. <sighs> do, you think, do you think we'll have a following with that no, denomination? No. That- hey, denominations have been built on much less than that. Speaking of denominations, I, I, a surprising story that at least you should be aware of because the Methodist Church lately has been going wayward, very liberal. But in Pennsylvania, the UMC, um, I've got it here someplace, the UMC General Council, they had their meeting. Oh, here it is. Pennsylvania UMC, that's United Methodist Church, thanks, Todd, regional body passes resolution against biological men competing in girls' sports. What? It's called end degrading behavior against female athletes. That's Methodist. That's a that's a, a bright light and an increasingly darkened denomination. Dis- delegates at the annual conference also passed the resolution titled Guidance of Local Church Reporting, which called on the GC to quit offering the option of non-binary as a gender identity when recording church membership. Well, who put that on in the first place? <laughs> I don't know. But hey, some Methodists still try an idea at wretched.org and one 282 beep God is our wireless provider. God is our wireless provider. I suspect that's an allusion to prayer, but they violated the pun rule. This church needs to be kicked out of the new denomination, which is growing in leaps and bounds. No more puns on the church sign. Church sign. Stop the slaughter. Worship God 
not done. Okay, I'm guessing they had the word uni in their title someplace. Um, Should the church be speaking out on gun issues? I think that's a dicey one. I think we all know where we stand on the subject. But when the the church starts speaking out on that, mm, I'm trying to think how that might be a moral or theological issue. I know the, the ability to protect my family. I'm all about that. But I think when a church enters into those waters, oof, I think you're looking for it. Because how did you respond to this? That you should worship God, not guns. Implication, I worship my guns, which I don't. I like them a lot, but I don't worship them. You kind of go, ah, liberal church. See there? And I think the same thing might be true. This is a subject that increasingly we're going to have to deal with. I'm really excited. I just started a book by Dr. Erwin Lutzer, and it's called Preview Copy. And it's about Christian. It's not out yet. It's, it's, it's Christian engagement, how we do it. And I'm intrigued because the first chapter has been laying the, t- the foundation, setting the table Hey, we're Christians. We're about the gospel. Yet we got this stuff swirling out here. What? How do we get involved? What do we say? What do we do? I'm really excited to read the book because it's a subject that I think demands we think it through a lot more than we used to because the gospel is more important than political issues. Church time. Good without God becomes oh. <laughs> What? Good without God becomes O? Yeah. Good without God. Yeah, if you spell good, you take out God. It's just an O left. The letter O. Oh, good <laughs> without... Oh, oh <laughs> it's a math pun. <laughs> Makes you think. On the alphabet or something. Makes you think. As people crash into the fire hydrant. Please. That's maybe the only time the world is going to get a message from you. Can we please redeem church signs? Church signs. Uh Uh-oh. Moses was once a basket case. Oh. Okay, have we had any that haven't been puns? Seriously, has there been a single one that isn't a pun? I don't. Church signs. We're not Dairy Queens, but we have pretty good Sundays. See? There it is again. Can we stop this madness, please? Enough with the buns. Church time, all people smile in the same language. Oh, that's nothing you couldn't find on the VFW sign or at a TED Talk. <laughs> that, that's, that's a video that we're preparing to put up. It was that pastor in Tulsa who was asked, what, what the school shooting? How do you explain this? Well, I don't have any explanation. I've got nothing to offer. I've got no hope. I've got no Bible verses to refer to that might actually bring some comfort to people at this awful time. Nothing like a cloud without water. Just delivering fiffle. And that's what that is. That's fiffle. And I think in the video, the pastor says something like, and we need to be taking care of people's needs. We need to be bringing them food. We need to make sure that they get counseling. And we need to make sure that we mow their lawn. Cut to, wasn't hard to find, TED Talk video. It was a woman, secular, telling us how to help people who are grieving. 
She sounded just like the pastor. Pastor, if you sound just like a person on TED Talk, you might want to rethink it. Furthermore, if your church sign sounds like something that could be put on a used car dealership sign, you probably want to go back to the drawing board and start with remembering no more puns. They're just not punny. (laughs) Oh, see what I did right there? I did a pun about not having puns. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.